Hello, everyone, and welcome back to my podcast. I know there's a lot going on in the world today, and it's hard to stay positive, but I still every day aim to find truth about myself in this world and share it with you guys. Um, Today, this episode is called The Ego, and I'm going to pretty much be explaining to you guys different parts of the ego so that we can all better understand. In the beginning of the podcast, I will share with you guys a journal entry from my journal that I wrote about a year ago. And what I was pretty much just going through was a dark, lonely time. Um, I was living in California. I didn't have really much uh, support or family around during this time. So I was forced to look within and try to find truth and answers and anything to make me feel better. So after the first um, segment of my podcast, then I'll go into further explanation and explain to you more about the eagle. I will use facts that I found from different sources. And then um, I also have been reading a book that I started. Um, The first book I was reading is called The Disappearance of the Universe. And this book is like a prerequisite to the book that I'm reading now. The Disappearance of the Universe was such a good book. I actually have reread it and I'm currently looking at it now and I'm going to use some of the pages in it to put into my podcast because it will help you guys understand better as well. And then um, I will leave you guys off with a few quotes to take from this whole podcast and hopefully um, I do this in a way that you guys can understand and pick up what I'm putting down. All right, so stay tuned. Thank you again for making it this far. We are in season two, episode four, you guys. This is really exciting. But uh, all right, so let's get started. All right, so here goes the little snippet of my journal entry. Finally, I've discovered something new about myself. Before I go there, I want to take a moment to reflect on the past. As a sensitive person, I tend to feel things deeply. In a world of feeling different or weird, I found myself wanting to find someone who accepts me and can understand me better than I can myself. This has drained me tremendously and ultimately causes a lot of doubt, fear, and insecurities. I always felt like there was a missing piece to me that I needed in order to feel complete. I couldn't figure it out, so I turned to drugs and alcohol to numb the pain and to fill in the void. I felt about feeling lost, alone, and misunderstood. There were times I would actually crave solitude and enjoy being alone, but my ego would desire acceptance more. I spent too much time dealing with the wrong people and sources to discover what I needed. Looking for love in all the wrong places caused trauma to my well-being, creating a false perception that I'm not good enough or worthy of anything or anyone. Eventually, I had enough. I made a decision to fix myself and confront the emotions that caused me doubt, pain, and fear. This was a time for zero distractions and complete isolation from the world. I gave all my attention, energy, time, and focus to myself. I researched things like soul searching, ego death, spiritual awakening, and other helpful sources to better understand what it was I needed to do in order to feel better all the questions and I found my answers. I faced whatever darkness was inside and accepted it instead of running from it. I grew closer to God, Jesus, and allowed the Holy Spirit to perform the function of forgiveness in my mind. 
I also asked for forgiveness immediately to all the people I felt deserved an apology for my actions. After months of searching for my missing piece, I realized it was inside myself all along, that all I needed to do was simply look inside instead of outside for anything that I may need. With that discovery, I found myself diving deeper into hidden truths about myself as well as the world around me. I'm glad that you have given me the opportunity to speak on this podcast about what I'm passionate about. It means a lot, and soon you will hopefully feel like a brand new person. The ego is the part of ourselves that we build up since the time we are born until the time we pass away. And the ego has a very powerful way of making us believe in things that are not true about ourselves. Based on the beliefs and conditioning we have as children and as young adults, we create this self-image about ourselves that makes us superior or inferior to one another. And because of that, without proper care and treatment, the ego can lead us down a destructive path and ultimately a life that feels meaningless in the end. The ego helps us form beliefs about ourselves, such as our talents, abilities, and skills. We identify ourselves with things such as, I am smart. Nobody likes me. I can't write. I can't read. I'm a good salesperson. And so on. The ego is all about I and me. As a child, we experience different things from society that help develop our ego. For example, getting praised by a teacher, getting picked on by kids, getting good grades, failing classes, failing at anything, succeeding at anything, all contribute to being conditioned and forming some sort of personality for ourselves. When we are identifying or defining ourselves with the ego, we are reinforcing it. In most cultures, developing a self-image is a normal part of social socialization. Problems occur when that self-image is negative, inaccurate, or even overly positive. Since our culture doesn't reward us for directing our attention inward and noticing such things, it becomes a challenge to become aware of the personal ego looks like. How to spot the ego. The ego is difficult to see because it hides behind opinions that appear true. The best way to spot it is through the emotional baggage it leaves behind, such as being angry, a need to be right, a feeling of insecurity, feelings of jealousy that are unexplained, the need to impress someone, and so on. All these emotions and thoughts come from the mind. Although they are different than the thoughts of love, we still feel that they only come from us. Expressions coming from our true self do not contradict and we should be able to stop them. Some people refer to having an ego as a way of being arrogant. In some cases, that is true, but there is absolutely nothing wrong with being aware of your skills and abilities without letting it get to your head and impacting your interactions with others. It can be that someone struggles with their skill and they feel worthless and they mask the pain they can come off as being confident and put and put together to avoid the voices and thoughts that the ego has made them believe to be true. And while humility may be mistaken for being shy, it really can be a person ego is fully present and at peace with themselves and surroundings. Confidence without arrogance and humility without insecurity are manners of personality that are without self-image dynamics of the ego. Letting go of the ego is not something that disappears. 
It's more likely something that can be managed by detaching from individual thoughts that reinforce the ego. Then let go of beliefs that separate you from your true self and others. Because we are once again all from the same source of light and love. We are from a place the ego stands no chance to thrive the way it does currently. Examples of ego and true self. Ego seeks to serve itself. Self seeks to serve others. Ego seeks outward recognition. Self seeks inner recognition. Ego self seeks life as a competition. Self sees life as a gift. Ego is mortal. Self is eternal. Ego is drawn to lust. Self is drawn to love. Ego seeks wisdom. Self is wisdom. Ego enjoys the prize. Self enjoys the journey. Ego rejects God. Self embraces God. Ego is me. Self is we. All right, so I'm going to take a break. Um, after this, I'm going to share some pages from this book that I've been reading. Um, if you listen to my beginning podcast, I've been pretty much talking to you guys a lot about how um, we have to make a decision to choose love again over fear. And so with these pages that I'm going to read to you, it's going to be a better explanation so you can better visualize what I'm trying to say. And then um, we can see where we go from there. So stay tuned. Before I begin reading The Disappearance in the Universe by Gary Bernard, I would like you guys to know that the book's main point is to help dispel the illusionary life that was unconsciously created and to embrace the true gifts that we were given and to remember what we are and where we came from. In his book, he uses dialogue to show himself communicating with ascended masters that came to him and spoke to him. He used their meetings and recorded their talks so he could write this book. Their names are Artin and Persia. Persia starts out by saying, But you'll see, as long as you go along, that forgiveness is immeasurably good for you, not just the images you are forgiving. The thought system of fear and separation from God is given the name ego in the Course. And this term shouldn't be confused with the term ego as it is used in traditional psychology. Jay always spoke to us in large, all-encompassing terms, and the coarse use of the word ego is no exception. You should remember that no matter how large it may appear to be, the ego is just a thought, and thoughts can be changed. Gary Renard replies, I know you said you haven't given me the whole picture yet, but the forgiveness you're talking about sounds like a form of denial. Persia, once we've told you everything we want to tell you, then not only will you be able to see what's really happening with true forgiveness, but you'll realize that the thought system of love and the thought system of fear are both forms of denial. One of them, the Holy Spirit's teaching, leads to heaven by uncovering and reversing the ego's denial of the truth. As the Course says about the peace that results from the Holy Spirit's teaching, it denies the ability of anything not of God to affect you. That is the proper use of denial. Of the forgiveness that leads to peace, the Course says, Forgiveness then is an illusion, but because of its purpose, which is the Holy Spirit's, it has one difference. Unlike all other illusion, it leads away from error and not towards it. Gary, while I'm denying the ability that anything that is not of God to affect me, does that mean I should just let people attack me physically and not defend myself or not go to the doctor if I'm feeling sick? Persia, absolutely not. We meant what we said about living a normal existence. You should never allow yourself to be harmed physically or seek out danger or suffer in order to prove a point. 
The crucifixion was an extreme teaching lesson. It was not necessary for you to go through it in order to learn from it. In most situations, you will do what you would normally do, but try not to do it alone. Ask for guidance when you can. You will have the Holy Spirit's entire thought system, which Jay can articulate because he was the one in the dream to complete his part perfectly. A draw upon in time, you too will become what the thought system represents. Remember, the kind of forgiveness Jay used in his course is teaching is not the same kind of forgiveness that Christianity and the world sometimes participate in. If it were, then it would be a waste of time. Christianity got Jay wrong. He is teaching true forgiveness in his course and will show you how to use specific situations you can eventually apply it yourself in any situation. But remember that there is no substitute for studying and practicing the course. We are learning aids. We are not doing your own thing and you should not try to start your own thing. You've been doing your own thing for eons. It's like the old saying, if you always do what you've always done, then you'll always get what you've always gotten. What we've always gotten is a return ticket to Cycle Planet or someplace similar. It's time to get off the unmerry-go-round. Gary, I think a lot of spiritual seekers are very interested in not reincarnating anymore. So that I'm clear about the miracle. Not only does the Course sometimes refer to itself as the miracle, but a miracle according to the Course has nothing to do with the level of the physical. It's a shift in perception that takes place in the mind. Yes, very good. Then you're dealing with the cause, as the Course says. This is a course in cause and not effect. And therefore, seek not to change the world, but choose to change your mind about the world. Part of the deception of the ego is that when people judge others and believe they are right, they sometimes feel temporarily because they manage to project some sorry, some of their unconscious guilt onto somebody else. Then a couple days later, not without knowing why their unconscious guilt, which once again they have no idea about, catches up with them and they have a car accident or hurt themselves in any of the thousand more suitable ways. Of course, that's an illusionary linear example. The whole thing is really set up behind of time, which we'll talk about later. But it's an example of how the way things play themselves out. So this is what Gary said. So people judge, feel good about it or bad about, depending on whether they're projecting their go outward or inward. And when they punish themselves, they think they've won. But then their karma runs out their dogma. Artin says, judge ideas, not people, then accept the true ideas. There is no challenge to a teacher of God. Challenge implies doubt, and the trust on God's teachers rest secure, make doubt impossible. One such possible area of controversy, as you will see during our next discussion, is that the idea that what is really driving the world is the unconscious guilt associated with sin, and that sin is just a false idea. You shouldn't make it psychologically real through condemnation. The solidness that the world's foundation seems to have been found on in this, for sin has changed creation from an idea of God to an ideal the eagle wants a world, its rules made up of bodies, mindless and capable of complete corruption and decay. If this is a mistake, it can be undone easily by truth. Any mistake can be corrected. If truth be left to judge it, but if the mistake is given, the status of truth, to what can it be brought? There is no life outside of heaven. Where God created life, there must be life. 
and I'm just honestly reading different pages that I have highlighted. I'm not reading page from page. I'm just reading what I found to be important. Okay, so to wake up in the equivalent of a cosmic instant, that is because the voice for God in heaven, which we will refer to as the Holy Spirit, is still with you to remind you of the truth and call you to return. This fail-safe memory of what you really are can never be lost, making awakening to the reality of heaven completely inedible. However, this memory can be seemingly delayed by unwise choices in the dream. Unwise choices have been made by you all along. You have the power to choose the memory and strength of God or something else instead. And if you really examine your thoughts, you will find that you are usually choosing something else instead. That is what the part of your mind that chooses did immediately after the seemingly separation. Out of shock, fear, and confusion, it made a series of unwise choices that resulted in you appearing to be here. You still don't realize that the given the awesome power of the mind, certain choices made by you could end the seeming separation and could have at any time. That doesn't mean that it's going to be easy at this point, but it does mean that you are capable of accomplishing it, which with some help you can definitely do. Make no mistake, in order to really accept God's helper, the Holy Spirit, you must begin to trust God. You cannot trust him until you recognize that it is not him, but you who is responsible for your experiences. You will feel guilty until you understand that this world is not real and that nothing has really happened. That doesn't mean you shouldn't act responsibly in the illusion. It means you must understand certain things in order to apply the true forgiveness that enables the Holy Spirit to help you the most. God could have not created this world. It would not be in his nature. He is not cruel. And as Jay points out, if this were the real world, God would be cruel. For no father could subject his children to this as the price of salvation and to be loving. Okay, let's see what else we got. So we must take an enormous and firm distinction between A Course in Miracles and virtually every other spiritual thought system in existence. From prehistoric to ancient Egyptian, to aspects of Hinduism, to the Old Testament, to the Quran, to the New Testament, and to other neo-dualistic systems, every one of them is a system of duality that has some kind of source, usually God or God's being a creator in some way of that which is not itself, and then responding to it or interacting with it. Forgiveness and argument are mutually exclusive, and forgiveness is always the way. Gary says, I take it there are important reasons why you keep pointing out the distinctions between duality and non-duality, and why you champion the real meaning of the Course, Persia, Yes, it was to do with the laws of the mind and how true forgiveness works. <clears throat> Gary, all right, I don't want to seem stupid, but to make sure I understand, you're saying the course is purely non-dualistic, meaning that of the two seemingly worlds, the world of God and the world of man, only the world of God is true, and he doesn't interact with the false world, but the Holy Spirit is here to guide us home. When the Course makes statements about God weeping for his children and stuff like that, you have to take it symbolically as the Holy Spirit wanting us to choose his voice instead of the eagles. Persia. Exactly. Very good. You're not stupid, Gary, although your ego would like for you to be. 
The ego's entire world is a stupid idea because it's based on a stupid decision. You just said something important, something that's very much in harmony with the right way of looking at the course. Although you never know it by the way most people write and speak about the course today, in a whole seven years, Helen was scribing a course, and during the eight years she lived after that, it never once occurred to her or Ken, who was her best friend during those years, and whose tapes you should break down and listen to, that there could possibly be any other interpretation of the course. But give the world a few years to screw up Jay's message, and it's a wonder to behold. So let's continue our mission so you can hear the course explanation of what is really behind the creation or more accurately, miscreation of the universe and the making of bodies. Okay. So, Artin, we've already pointed out that in the beginning, a small aspect of Christ's mind. Gary, should I spell Christ's mind with a big M in our book? Artin, don't worry about the details too much. The Course uses a capital M when talking about the Christ's mind, but we're talking about the separation here. So you can use a small M or a big M if you want. You started writing our book. Not really. I'm still trying to think of the title for it. Artin, any ideas? Gary, so far it's between love is letting go of fear and return to beer. <laughs> okay, so this small aspect of Christ has briefly dozed off and it's dreaming a dream of separation individuality. We'll explain the idea of briefly dozing off when we talk about time, which is a trick of the ego. As far as indiv individuality is concerned, that's something else you mistakenly value very highly. Folks around this neck of the woods pride themselves on their so-called individualism. <laughs> as the Course teaches in no certain terms, consciousness the level of perception, as the first split introduced into the mind after the separation making the mind a perceiver rather than a creator, consciousness is correctly identified as the domain of the ego. The Course also says... Just before that, perception did not exist until separation introduced degrees, aspects, and intervals. Spirit has no levels, and all conflict arises from the concept of levels. As mentioned earlier, you should try to remember that energy is not spirit. Spirit being your unalterable true reality, energy has changes and can be measured exists within the domain of perception, as also Jay teaches. Perception always involves some mis use of mind because it brings the mind into areas of uncertainty but he also loved everyone else same special love is specific the holy spirit loves everyone equally the course is a tool you use it like a ladder to climb up to where you're going once you get there you throw the ladder away it's no longer needed we've already talked about the first division in the mind and along with it has come consciousness because of this, for the first time, you have conscious choice to make. Before that, there are nothing to choose between. But now there are two possible responses to this idea of separation. That's what leads to the second division of the mind. We've already said the seemingly separated mind appears to divide and subdivide. That symbolizes separation. But all the division are symbolic of the first few. Once you really understand the first ones, you will understand them all as the same despite appearances to the connery. You have to remember that after the first division, heaven is just a memory. Gary, what do you mean by that? Arin, consciousness is not of God. So now something completely different seems to be happening for you. An experience of individuality. Whenever the mind divides, it's a new condition as reality and in, in its former condition is denied and forgotten. A psychologist would call this 
repression except the magnitude of what we are discussing and far beyond what any human could be aware of. However, the dynamic is the same in the sense that what has been repressed is unconscious. The unconscious is not a place. It's a device of the mind. It's still possible to remember what's been denied, but without help, it would be highly unlikely for you to remember that which you have disassociated. Now, you think that we and the course are referring to has nothing to do with you as a human being. It's the part of your mind that makes decisions. Even when you appear to be making a decision here in the world, you are not really making it here because you are not here. And our story this new seemingly individual mind is going to make its very first decision. At this point, there are only two choices, and there will always be only two choices. There you have the second division of the mind. Now you appear to have a right mind and a wrong mind, each representing a different choice or a different response to the tiny mad idea. One choice is the memory of your true home with God, symbolized in a course by the Holy Spirit, and the other is the thought of separation from God, symbolized in a course by the ego. The Holy Spirit and the ego in the Course and talks about them as though they are individual entities, but he also makes it clear that the ego is nothing more than a part of your belief about yourself. <clears throat> um, he came into being with the separation as a protection inspiring the atonement principle at the same time. Obviously, the Course has its own meaning for various terms, including atonement. As the text explains, the Holy Spirit has always taught the atonement. He tells you to return your whole mind to God because it has never left him. If it has never left him, you need only perceive it as if it to be returned. The full awareness of the atonement then is the recognition that the separation never occurred. The ego must offer you some sort of reward for maintaining this belief. All it may offer is a sense of temporary existence, which begins with its own beginning and ends with its own ending. It tells you this life is your existence because it is its own. Of course, you have no idea what you're getting yourself into and you make another numb choice. This is all new to you and you're more than willing to give curiosity a chance to kill the cat. You choose with the ego so you can see what it's like to be special and apart. This in turn causes the third division of the mind. Gary, when you say you, I assume you mean all of us as one. Arten, yes, I'm not putting you down personally. I'm just trying to make you take responsibility for the power of your mind. Even Jay was there. He just didn't really believe in it as much as the rest of us, which is the main reason he woke up before the rest of us. Gary, so the first division in the mind is consciousness, which makes me think I'm separate from God, even though I'm really can't be. It's like being in bed and dreaming at night. I'm still in a bed, but I can't see it. And this separation dream you're talking about it's the dream that's real for me and heaven is forgotten. Just like when I dream at night. It's what it's in the dream that I experience react to and where I really am is completely out of my awareness. With the second division, I notice two ways of interpreting what's going on. One being the Holy Spirit, which is really my true self, and the other being the ego, which speaks for separation and individual self. Now there are two parts to the mind. I take it the third division was caused when I chose the ego. Arten. Yes, but remember, once you make the choice at this level, then there's your new condition. You and your old condition is completely forgotten, walled off in the mind. Once you choose the ego and cause the third division, it's the Holy Spirit that's just the memory. You are now totally identified with the ego. However, being holographic by the grace of God, 
Even when the mind seems to divide, each part still maintains the characteristics of the whole, so you can never really be lost. Both the ego and the Holy Spirit are still to be found in every mind. It's just the Holy Spirit is being drowned by the ego's voice because that's what you choose to listen to. And what you really are has been pushed out of your awareness. We said before that you may have forgotten the truth, but it's still there, buried in your mind. Persia, you have no idea how powerful the mind is, my brother. At the level we're talking about, still the metaphysical level, the entire tempest and teacup you call the universe is about to be miscreated just a few decisions on your part. The eventual result will be an elid you who is now totally unaware of the world power that is available to you instead. It is virtually mindless and seemingly stuck in a body. Gary, does the answer to the old age question, if God is really all powerful, then could he create a rock that's so heavy he could not lift it? Or, and actually, it does not answer that question about God and the answer is no. Gary, why? Because it's not an idiot. Gary and I am? Or no, but you're having a dream that you are. And now you're starting to wake up. Getting back to the subject, listen to a little of what the Course has to say about the time you first um, experienced illusion for truth. You do not realize the magnitude of the one error. It was so vast and so completely incredible that form in a world of total unreality had to emerge. What else could come of it? Its fragmented aspects are fearful enough as you begin to look at them. But nothing you have seen begins to show you the enormity of the original air, which seemed to cast you out of heaven to shatter knowledge into meaningless bits of disunion perceptions and to force you to make further substitutions. Genesis story. God is responsible for the world you see and you are an effect instead of the cause. In the course, you are responsible for the world you see and not a victim of it at all, but an illusionary consciousness that appear to do so. The ego's voice is a hallucination. You cannot expect it to say, I am not real, yet you are not asked to dispel your hallucinations alone. The time will come when the answer to your question will be found outside the intellect, completely outside the ego system, and instead within the experience that you are still at home in God, which corrects the mistaken experience that you are not. As Jay puts it, against this sense of temporary existence, spirit offers you the knowledge and unshakable being. No one who has experienced the revelation of this can ever fully believe in the ego again. How can its offering to you prevail against the glorious gift of god um let's see Artin, yes but you won't be seeing the body's eyes that's why the place of worlds like consciousness which implies separation and is of the ego the course uses more abstract works like awareness when describing enlightenment which when we'll get to Okay, so right now, I'm like I said, I'm just like reading different things I have highlighted. So if I sound like I'm all over the place, my bad. Um, the first division made the awareness of your perfect non- oneness with God, just a memory. The second division brought two parts to the mind. The third division has made the Holy Spirit just a memory and the eagle is now has your full attention. Freedom from illusions lies only in not believing in them. Once you've chosen to listen to the ego's temptations to be a separate individual, your belief in the reality of separation begins to cause some various serious problems for you. 
God now seems to be outside of you and everything you experience tells you that you've separated yourself from him. That's a problem. You still have this very second, even though it's unconscious to you. Particularly, all of your mind is conscious to you. It's just like almost all of an iceberg is underneath the surface of water. As long as you believe in the reality of the physical universe, Gary, then everything you perceive will be a constant, unconscious reminder to you that you've committed the act of separating yourself from God. Okay, so um, let's see. I'm, I guess I'll read this last. Oh, well, I guess I'll just read the whole thing. Arton. Getting back to our little miscreation, the ego voice in your mind has told you some things about your condition and also about God that simply aren't true. You brought it partly because you like the idea of being an individual with a seemingly separate will, even though that's not really possible. By taking the separation of the ego's voice seriously, that translates within your seemingly separate mind as a sin against God. Now, if you sin, that means you are guilty, and on a metaphysical level, you feel it. Even though on a level of the world, you will not always feel it, being the guilty bastard you think you are, it means you think you're being going to be punished big time, even on the level of this world. A psychologist would explain to you the guilt unconsciously demands punishment, and if you really think about it, it will explain a lot. On a metaphysical level, we're talking about how you sincerely believe that you're about to be attacked and punished by God himself. The anticipation of this fate worse than death kind of punishment from God creates fear. A fear so terrible, you can't even comprehend it. Yet you've been running away from it for what it seems like billions of years. So now we're at a point where we can tell you why your universe, your world, your body were made by the mind in the first place. Even though in a linear dream things seem to happen separately, there is no other spiritual discipline that understands and explains the motivation behind making of this world. The same motivation runs in today. That motivation is fear, always ultimately traceable to fear of God. The um, temporal, non-spatial, seemingly separate mind is in a paralyzing state of fear because of a punishment you believe is coming from God. So the ego convinces you that you need to... You need a defense without bothering to mention that the defense it offers is designed to ensure its own survival through your individuality. In fact, if you look at the last four syllables of the word individuality, you will see that they spell duality. That's not just a somatic accident. The ego's voice speaks to you through its, though it's your friend and it's watching out for your best interests. You'll recall already said that the ego has convinced you that God is going to get you and you better run for it to a place where you'll be safe. That place is this universe. As far as the ego is concerned, the best defense is a good offense. In fact, defense and offense are two sides of the same coin. In discussing how some of these concepts relate to each other, the Course teaches. The ego is the part of the mind that believes in the vision. How could part of God detach itself without believing it is attacking him? We spoke before of the authority problem as based on the concept of usurping God's power. The ego believed that this is what you did because it believes that it is you. If you identify with the ego, you must perceive yourself as guilty. Whenever you respond to your ego, you will experience guilt and you will fear punishment. The ego is quite literally a fearful thought. However ridiculous the idea of attacking God may be to the sane mind, never forget that the ego is not sane. It represents a delusional system and speaks for it. Listening to the ego's voice means that you believe it is possible to attack God and that a part of him has been torn away by you. Fear of retaliation from without follows. 
because the severity of guilt is so acute that it must be projected. All right, so I'm going to stop there. Um, the reason I found it was important to add these parts of the conversation to my podcast is because if you read, if you listen to my podcast throughout the point, I've been preparing you guys for this information. Um, to me, it just feels good to know that I have the power to change my mind again about the world, about myself, about everyone I see, and to really experience a life full of happiness and joy without any of the negative aspects that I've experienced in the past. So um, I do recommend these books to you guys. Um, But like I said, I would start with The Disappearance of the Universe, Gary R. Renaud, because it's like a prerequisite to the course in miracles it really kind of gets your mind prepared for the course because the course seems to be hard to interpret at first or to understand so if you go to gary renard he has actually like four different books that i would uh, recommend that you guys check out if any of this information resonates or you know you want to learn more about it he is definitely the right person to seek and then of course Continue to um, meditate, continue to learn about yourself, um, confront all of your emotions, good or bad, and just really try to dispel the negative aspects of your personality and try to make them positive. Um, I know it's really hard at this time in the world where everything seems to be falling apart, but we got to keep ourselves together. So I hope this podcast was helpful for you. I do apologize if I sounded all scattered and everything. I just tried to put all the important points into this podcast. So thank you if you've listened to this podcast. This has been like the longest one I've created. So um, just know that I will be coming with more information soon. And uh, I hope you guys all stay safe in this craziness right now and stay positive. I love you all very much, and if you have any questions or you just want to talk to me about anything, you know where you can find me. All right. Adios, machachos.